the Lux Loop Glaive drops out of E-Drive on the edge of the World Cedars Barrier. High Talon Evro Itabren smiles at the sight of the massive structure. Turning to his pilot, he says, Any indication Lodestar has detected us? The pilot says, No, my lord. They are on the far side of the facility, inside the barrier, and they do not appear to have detected us. Excellent. He turns to the opalescent orb floating beside him. Now, Victor, you're going to get us past that barrier. It is clearly possible, so make it happen. I am the embodiment of your will, the AI responds. There is silence on the glaive for a few moments. Then the pilot says, My lord, the barrier is opening. High Talon Idabren smiles. Take us in. The Lux Loop Glaive passes through the barrier and arcs toward the World Cedar, finding a docking bay on the far side of the station. As the ship settles onto the deck, the High Talon enters the ship's cargo bay. His advisor, Madame Brine, waits with a dozen Bloodhawks, the High Talon's elite soldiers. The High Talon, hands resting on dagger and pulse pistol, says, Today I claim the World Cedar, and Clan Idabren claims ascendance in the Forge. Any we encounter on this station are my enemies, and are to be treated without mercy or quarter. Understood? The assembled Bloodhawks clap fists to their chests in acknowledgement. High Talon Evro Idabren smiles again. Then let us begin. Welcome back for another episode of Errant Adventures. As always, I'm your game master and solo player, Steve Morrison. On this week's episode, Lucius and company face off against the High Talon Idabren and his elite Bloodhawks. Can they win the day and stop the Ironhawk agenda here and now? Find out on episode 29, Bloodhawk Waltz. The High Talon of Clan Itabren, Lord of the Ironhawks, calls you to his side, and you will listen. Lucius hears these words, and his hand is just about to touch the button that will open the door when Adelie grabs his arm and viciously shakes her head. And she whispers, No, Lucius, that is the voice of an ascendant AI. We don't know what's in there. We don't know what powers are arrayed against us in there. We can't rush in. And as she says that, there is this strange low hum that fills the room on the other side of that door as what sounds like those whispers 
fade out and go silent. And then the voice says, My lord, they stand at your command. Lucius looks at Aurelia with an inquisitive look, and she looks back and forth between Adelie and Lucius, and there is conflict in her face as she looks at this, and then she leans forward and she says, we have to do something. If the High Talon is here, there's no telling how many Iron Hawks he has with him, but we cannot let him take control of this station. Lucius nods and says, I agree. And then he turns to Adelie and says, Adelie, I trust you. I trust your powers. I know that you are strong. We can do this. We have to do this. Be brave. Be strong. And be safe. And then he is going to turn to the door and is going to press the button to open the door. The door slides open, revealing a medium-sized room with a number of those data information pillars inside. It almost looks as though they are shimmering and glowing, and what Lucius sees is on the far side of the room, his back to where they are, the High Talon, Evro Idebren, and there is a small very familiar-looking quartz orb that is floating in the air beside him. There's a wizened crone, and then there are a dozen soldiers dressed in Ironhawk armor that is stained red like blood. And as soon as the doors open, the soldiers turn and lower their weapons, their rifles and pistols, and aim them at the door. But they do not fire. And the High Talon turns and sees them and says, Ah, at last we meet in person. Lucius Tarquin. A pleasure. And then he looks at Aurelia and says, Aurelia, it is nice to see you again. It has been a long time. And Aurelia scowls. And then he looks at Adelie. And he says, you must be the Paragon. Oh, I've heard so much about you. Tell me something. Do you wish to live? Do you wish to survive the conquest that is coming? I could use a person of your skill on my side. You see, I already have a Paragon. But... I have always learned that it is better to have two weapons instead of just one. What do you say, young lady? Will you come and join me? To which Adelie says, I will never be someone else's weapon again. I am my own person. I won't serve you. The High Talon shrugs and says, Oh well, it was a thought. And then he says to one of the Bloodhawks, They are 
a nuisance. Kill them. Victor, Madame Brine, follow me. And is going to turn and leave the room with the orb floating behind it. There are these like purplish green arcs of energy going around the crystal orb. Unlike anything that Lucius has seen before. And the crone also follows, and four of the Bloodhawks remain. The rest leave the room following the High Talon. One of the Bloodhawks says, Throw down your weapons, and this will be relatively painless. And Lucius looks at the Bloodhawk and says, I am Lucius Tarquin of Clan Tarquin, and I will never throw my weapons down before an Idabren. And we're going to enter the fray. We're going to call this a formidable combat because these, though they are almost equally matched in numbers, there's four Bloodhawks and then the three of our heroes. But the Bloodhawks are the elite soldiers amongst the Ironhawks, and so they are a little bit better than your average Ironhawk warrior. And the Ironhawks are already the most feared soldiers in the Forge. So we're going to call it a formidable fight, and uh, we're going to enter the fray. So we are going to, in this case, roll plus heart, because they are facing off against their foe and we are going to go ahead and roll plus heart which is plus two here we go not a good start with five on the action die an eight and a ten on the challenge dice for a miss so the fight begins with you in a bad spot essentially they have this exchange and immediately the blood hawks snap into action and they spread out And they begin firing on Lucius and his companions. And they are going to try and maneuver and try to find some cover behind these pedestals that are there. So this is going to be reacting under fire plus edge. And here we go. Seven on the action die, a three and a ten on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So you succeed, but face a troublesome cost. Make a suffer move, minus one, and stay in a bad spot. So they are able to take cover behind some of these pillars, but as they do so, they get a little pinned down there, and so they're going to lose the momentum. That's going to be the suffer move, and Lucius is going to command the Ascendancy drone that has been following him around since he found the second one in the armory, and he is going to command it to draw fire. So it's going to fly up and fire some bursts with its laser, and I'm going to use the combat ability for the combat bot, which lets me use its health in order to react under fire to create a diversion or draw fire. So there's going to be plus five on this react under fire. Oh yeah, we've got an 11 on the action die and a two and a three on the challenge dice for... A strong hit. So I get to mark progress as one of the benefits of getting a strong hit when doing that. And so that's going to mark one progress on this as it flies up, it draws their attention, and then we have control of this combat 
as Lucius, Adelie, and Aurelia are going to pop out from behind their cover and are going to fire on these Bloodhawks. So we're going to strike, we're going to roll plus edge, plus one for the combat bot, and then I am going to take plus two from Adelie. She like picks up one with her Paragon abilities and throws him across the room, and so that's going to give Lucius a plus five on this roll. Here we go. Ten on the action die, five and a six on the challenge dice, four a strong hit. So we're going to mark progress twice. That is going to move us up to three. And I think with that, one of the Bloodhawks goes down. So we're now standing on equal footing as far as numbers go. And Lucius is going to go move away from the cover that he's under and is going to move around trying to get around as the other three Bloodhawks have now taken their own cover and they are basically like taking pot shots at each other from behind cover. So Lucius is going to get up from behind his cover and is going to try and maneuver around while Adelie and Aurelia continue to put the pressure on. So he's going to try and maneuver. This is going to be gain ground plus edge. Here we go. Five on the action die, two sixes on the challenge dice, four a miss, with a complication. So your foe gains the upper hand, the fight moves to a new location, or you encounter a new peril. You are in a bad spot and must pay the price. All right, let's roll to pay the price. 58. Your equipment or vehicle malfunctions. All right, so he is maneuvering around and I think, unfortunately, one of the Bloodhawks gets a shot off at the drone and it drops down to the ground and is like sparking and is knocked out of the fight for the moment. As it does so, Lucius maneuvers around and because these guys are the elite soldiers of the Ironhawks, they are cognizant of where everyone is in this fight and so Lucius is not able to maneuver into position where he is able to get a good line of sight on any of them and in fact has to kind of dive behind cover in order to not get shot himself so he is going to uh, I think do that while he's running and gunning a little bit and is going to clash I think they're still at distance, so this is going to be plus edge, but no bonuses from the bot. Ooh, three on the action die, a two and an eight on the challenge dice, four a weak hit. So we can mark progress, which is going to take us to four boxes, but you are dealt a counter blow or setback. Stay in a bad spot and pay the price. So we're going to roll our pay the price once more. 40 on this one. The environment or terrain introduces a new hazard. Okay, so here, here it goes. One of those pillars, this strange essence begins to rise up out of it. And remember how last episode, Adelie put to rest a bunch of ascendant spirits. Well, unfortunately, she only put to rest the ones in the room that they were in. And there are others throughout this facility. And we now know, based on uh, what happened at the end of last episode and the beginning of this episode, that Victor has harnessed some of these Ascendant Spirits to help the High Talon. And so this is now a wraith 
an ascendant wraith that is rising up out of this. And Lucius takes one look at it and says, Adelie, I think you're going to have to deal with that thing. I don't know that our weapons are going to be able to do anything to it. And I think, unfortunately, that's basically going to take Adelie out of the fight as far as being able to assist Lucius in battling these Bloodhawks, as she is now focused on trying to keep this wraith from wreaking havoc on her and her friends. So we did our progress, we are still in a bad spot, and Lucius is now a little bit caught out, and I think he's going to try and dodge and take cover, and we're going to react under fire, plus edge on this. I'm sitting at one momentum, which is dangerously low. And it's just going to get worse. So I've got a six on the action die. I've got an eight and a nine on the challenge dice for a miss. The situation worsens. You stay in a bad spot and must pay the price. Let's keep rolling on that pay the price. 61. Your equipment or vehicle malfunctions. So I think this time, (laughs) Lucius' bot has been taken out of action. He's firing and running with his plasma rifle that he picked up from the Ascendancy Armory, and one of the Bloodhawks fires at him and shoots the rifle out of his hands, and it goes spinning away from him, and he has to duck behind some cover, and he's going to pull out his pulse pistol, and I think he is going to root around in his pack... So we're going to check our gear because I want to know if he found some sort of like grenade or something like that in the armory when they resupplied. So we are going to roll plus supply, which this time our supply is at four. So we've got a better chance than the last time we checked our gear and we'll see what happens. Nine on the action die, a nine and a six on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we have it. You must choose one. Supply is diminished, sacrifice resources, or it's not quite right and causes a complication or delay. Lose two momentum. Well, I don't want to lose any momentum since I'm at one momentum, so I'm going to lose a supply. So that's going to take my supply from four to three, and he is going to draw out a couple grenades, and he is going to turn and roll them one on either side of the pillar that he's standing on. And I think this is going to be Clash again. I think he's still, because they are kind of trading fire behind cover, he's still at enough of a distance that he can do this plus edge. So we're going to Clash plus edge. Plus two. Three. Three on the action die. Five and an eight on the challenge dice for another miss. Your foe dominates this exchange. You stay in a bad spot and must pay the price. So he rolls these grenades out and the Bloodhawks are able to kick one away and change their position so that the other one goes off relatively harmlessly to them. And we're going to pay the price. 25. You are separated from something or some one. Hmm. So I think in the process of like rooting around in his pack, Lucius sets down his pack and then is going to like pick up the grenades. He runs out and like tosses them out and then dives behind another pillar. And so now he does not have his equipment bag, which means 
he only has the pulse pistol that he has in his hand. He does not have any of the other gear that he might have gathered from the armory unless he's able to get back to the pack, which is, you know, now he is separated from. So he is in a bad spot. He basically has just one weapon left and he is going to try and I think change up the plan and he is going to because these pillars are still active in some way he is going to try and hack into the one that he's hiding behind and see if he can't use that to his advantage whether that's uh, activating station defenses that are here to fight on their side or you know sparking out a panel and harming one of the other bloodhawks that's hiding behind one we'll find out so we're going to do this plus wits because he's cleverly trying to bypass an obstacle and we're going to add our wits plus one for our tech path this is plus four on this react under fire five on the action die a two and a three on the challenge dice for a strong hit so he is able to take control and he's going to get one momentum from that which is going to take him up to two momentum he is able to i think summon some of the inherent defenses on board the station and so these drones drop out from the ceiling and begin firing on the bloodhawks and i think this is again going to give him access to his combat bot ability as essentially he now has three or four of these floating around and they're firing at the Bloodhawks. And Lucius is going to take this opportunity to try and strike once more. So this is going to be plus two, plus one for his combat bot. Here we go. Four on the action die, a two and a six on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we're going to mark progress twice, which is going to take us to six boxes of progress. But we find ourselves in a bad spot. So I think this time Lucius takes out another one. And so now there are only two Bloodhawks left. But in the process of doing that, he's maneuvered himself out from behind the pillar that he was hiding behind. And he's a little too close to where the other Bloodhawk was hiding. And the other Bloodhawk jumps out, knocks his pulse pistol aside. Doesn't necessarily knock it out of his hand, but knocks it aside and is right there on top of him. And Lucius is going to just kind of recoil a little bit and is going to try and clash up close and in close quarters. So this is going to be plus iron. So plus one on this roll. No plus one, but he'll get some momentum if he gets a hit from his combat bot. Here we go. Plus one on this. Five on the action die. A six and a ten on the challenge dice. Four a miss. Your foe dominates this exchange. You stay in a bad spot, and you must pay the price. I think he's going to take some harm here. And I think because the Bloodhawks are the elite soldiers of the Ironhawks, instead of taking minus one, he's going to take minus two. So that's going to knock his health down to two as the Bloodhawk grabs a hold of his firing arm and is going to essentially pummel Lucius in the face multiple times. As blood starts to spill out, his head rocks back. He's seeing stars, and he is going to try and kick his way out and run away. And I think this is going to be reacting under fire once again. 
plus edge. As he tries to break free and dodge out of the way as the guy is lining up a kill shot. Four on the action die, a two and a ten on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So he succeeds, but faces a troublesome cost. Make a suffer move. I think in this case it's going to be a spirit, and that is going to be stressful as he is in this close quarters fight. Now Lucius was raised as part of Clan Tarquin, and though Clan Tarquin does not have the illustrious sort of military uh, warfare bent that the Clan Idabren focuses on, the Tarquins are no slouches when it comes to battle either. And so even though Lucius was basically raised by an archaeologist, his mother, his father, being the leader of Clan Tarquin, made certain that he received a certain amount of training. And so Lucius has knowledge of like hand-to-hand self-defense. And obviously he can fire a pistol and all of these things. And so I think they have this brief moment where they're going back and forth. The Bloodhawk is like kicking and punching and elbowing. And Lucius is doing his best to block. And he's taking a couple blows, but he's able to withdraw enough that he's not directly kind of like in knifing distance, if you will, of the Bloodhawk. Now that he's back far enough, he's going to just level his pistol and fire. So I think he's still in a bad spot, but because he got a success on that react under fire, he was able to withdraw enough that he is still at a distance rather than being in close quarters. So this clash is going to be plus edge. The combat bots, the drones are still like circling around, firing at the last two Bloodhawks. We've got a seven on the action die. We've got a three and a seven on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we're going to mark progress, but dealt a counter blow or setback. Stay in a bad spot and pay the price. Now, first of all, because I got a hit on Clash, I get to take plus one momentum. So my momentum goes up to three, which is good. And then we're going to roll on pay the price to see what happens. 91. You are delayed or put at a disadvantage. So I think basically he gets off a shot and he is able to hit the Bloodhawk that he's fighting with and injure him. But that Bloodhawk is able to close the distance and they're back up in close quarters again. And he is going to, in this case, try and stand his ground and fight this injured Bloodhawk hand to hand. And so he is going to remain stalwart uh, against fear or temptation as he's trying not to run. So this is going to be plus heart, which is plus two as he reacts under fire. Six on the action die, four and a ten on the challenge dice for another weak hit. So he succeeds, but faces a troublesome cost. Make a suffer move, minus one, and then stay in a bad spot. So again, I think this is going to go to spirit as he suffers a little bit of strain as he is trying to stand his ground and he is basically hand-to-hand, like fist, elbow, block, knee. You know, they're going back and forth, just punching each other as hard as possible and trying to divert their blows as much as possible. 
And then I am going to go ahead and roll and endure stress on this as Lucius is trying to mentally brace himself as he goes through this. So we're going to roll plus spirit, which is still higher than his heart of two. His uh, spirit is plus three as we endure stress. Four on the action die, a two and a five on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So I can, if I choose, lose a momentum to gain a spirit, otherwise press on. So I am going to do that. I'm going to lose a momentum, so that'll take me back down to two, to regain my one lost spirit. And then it's time to react under fire again. This time, I think Lucius, having stood his ground against this guy, but... He is not going to be able to overcome him by that. And so we're going to attempt to clash once more, this time with iron, as Lucius turns his attention from defense to offense. So we're going to roll plus one on this iron. Here we go. Five on the action die, a six and a one on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we can mark progress, but dealt a counter blow or setback. So we are up to eight progress in this combat. Now I have to pay the price. So let's go ahead and roll on that real quick. Got a 75, which is going to be, you are harmed. Okay, so he is going to take another strike from this Bloodhawk. But I think because he got a weak hit, he's only gonna take one harm instead of two in this case. And then I am going to go ahead and try to endure that harm immediately. So he is going to resist plus his, doesn't matter if it's health or iron, both are plus one. Here's hoping for a strong hit. Four on the action die, a seven and a 10 for a miss. It's worse than you thought. Suffer an additional minus one health or lose momentum. If your health is zero, you must also mark wounded or permanently harmed. So here's the thing. I'm at one health. So if I lose one health, I think that means that I'm going to have to mark wounded. Or I could lose two momentum and go down to zero momentum. It's risky being at that low of momentum, but I don't want to be at wounded either. So I'm going to lose the momentum as Lucius completely fails to absorb this blow. He kind of gets knocked back and the wind is knocked out of him for a minute. And he's just kind of like wheezing as the guy is coming closer. I think Aurelia at this point is in a similar sort of hand-to-hand combat with the other Bloodhawk. And Adelie is focused on fending off the Wraith. So there is no one here to come like help Lucius out of this situation. And so he is going to, since he already has access to that console, he is going to, as he's wheezing and as the Bloodhawk is approaching, probably like drawing out a dagger to finish him off, Lucius is going to try and change up the plan and is going to try and set off the panels around the Bloodhawk so that he's distracted. So we're going to change up the plan. We're going to react under fire plus wits. Five on the action die, a two and a seven on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So you succeed, but face a troublesome cost. Make a suffer move, minus one, and stay in a bad spot. 
So I'm going to just go right back to the well and lose a spirit as Lucius is wheezing and gasping for breath. He is struggling. He sets off whatever makes the panel spark and explode. And the Bloodhawk is dazed for a minute. Lucius is going to shakily raise his pulse pistol, take aim, try to steady his breathing, and is going to, while the Bloodhawk is distracted by this momentary sparking around him, pull the trigger, take decisive action, and end this fight. We've got eight progress, rolling the challenge dice. five and a nine, which would be a weak hit. However, if you're in a bad spot when you do this, count a strong hit as a weak hit and a weak hit as a miss. On a miss, you are defeated or your objective is lost. Pay the price. I think Lucius misses and the soldier dodges away. The sparks have gone off and he, the Bloodhawk, retreats. He retreats through the door. His fellow also retreats through the door, and they seal off the door from the other side. Lucius, as he's like on his knees, gasping for breath, can hear the searing of the door being melted shut, essentially. And that way forward is lost to them. They cannot pursue the High Talon and his entourage, and they're going to have to find a different way around. Our pay the price is 46. A new enemy is revealed. Lucius looks around, and he's gasping, and he's like, Unterelia! Unterelia! Are you alright? Adelie! Adelie? And he looks around, looking for that wraith that rose out of the central pillar. And he doesn't see it anymore. But he does see Adelie standing there, kind of swaying back and forth. And he makes his way over to her and is like, Adelie, are you all right? And he reaches out and touches her shoulder. And as he does so, Her head raises up, and her eyes are full of this inky blackness. And she says, Lucius Tarquin, I have heard your name whispered in the air. You are the enemy of our Lord. You will not survive. You will not triumph. You will suffer. Lucius stumbles back a little bit and is like, Adelie, no, no, it, it can't be. You've got to fight it, Adelie. You, you can't let that thing possess you. And Aurelia steps up, her pistol raised. There's blood dripping from a wound in her side, which she's holding with one hand. And she says, Lucius, we have to go. We can't take Adelie in a fight, not if she's possessed by an ascendant. We have to go. And she starts edging around Adelie. Lucius looks 
into the inky darkness of Adelie's eyes, and he says, I won't leave her, Aunt Aurelia. I'm not going to do it. Adelie, you're stronger than this. You have Query and Warden on your side. You have the strength of your Paragon abilities inside of you. You're stronger than some Ascendant Wraith. You can do this. I believe in you. Please, please fight it. And he is going to attempt to compel. When you try to persuade someone or make them an offer, envision your approach. This is definitely a charming, pacifying, encouraging, or bartering. This is going to be plus heart. Plus two on this. Seven on the action die. A two and a ten on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So, he has gotten through to Adelie, but she is not immediately able to shake off this presence. This is the, uh, but their agreement comes with a demand or complication. So, I think she steps forward and she says, Adelie isn't here anymore. She is nothing. I am a servant of the Talon. I am a servant of our new lord. And we, we will run the blood of your people red across these stars. And reaches out and is going to grasp her hand around Lucius' throat and lift him off the ground and is going to begin to choke him. Aurelia, cursing, I think is going to move to shoot, and Lucius is going to wave her off as he's looking in Adelie's eyes. I'm actually going to test the relationship between Lucius and Aurelia right now, because I think that's going to decide how Aurelia reacts to him trying to wave her off. Because I think Lucius believes that he can get through to Adelie given enough time. Aurelia, she's ready to cut her losses. So when your relationship with a connection is tested through conflict, betrayal, or circumstance. Oh, there's circumstance, all right. Roll plus heart. This is going to, again, be plus two. Seven on the action die. A two and an eight on the challenge dice for a weak hit. (laughs) Weak hits all around. Develop your relationship, which is great. So we're going to take the connection track up to four progress for Aurelia, but also envision a demand or a complication as a fallout of this test. I think the complication here is that Aurelia doesn't shoot Adelie. Instead, she runs forward and tries to tackle her to knock her over, to break loose this hold that she has. And I think we're going to ask the Oracle if Adelie is able to wrest control of herself before the Ascendant Wraith is able to do something to Aurelia as she's charging forward, or not. And I think it's 50-50. 51 or greater is going to be a yes. 32. No. No, she cannot. How bad is this going to be? So Aurelia, not wanting to hurt Lucius' friend, 
even though she is ready to cut losses and end this right here. Lowers her pistol, runs over, and is ready to tackle Adelie. Adelie, or whatever this ascendant wraith that is possessing her, while still holding up Lucius and choking him, darkness is starting to encroach on the edge of his vision, turns her head at a like, weird angle and pushes out a hand, and Aurelia, charging forward, is lifted off her feet and flies back against the wall. Let's ask the oracle again. Is Aurelia injured in this? And I think it's likely. 26 or greater. 37, yes. Is she injured severely? Let's call it 50-50. 32, yes. Yes, she is. So she is thrown back against the wall, and I think she hits the wall hard and maybe uh, hits, like, hits the wall, falls to the ground, and there's a sickening crunch as her arm snaps as she you know, tries to brace herself as she's falling. And Aurelia grunts and is cursing in the corner there. Lucius's eyes are starting to go glassy as he's beginning to lose consciousness. And that's when Adelie says, Get out of my head, Wraith. And all of a sudden, this inky darkness starts to leak out of her eyes in like a mist and flows out and then materializes into a Wraith on the other side of Lucius. Adelie lets go as the strength to hold him up leaves her arms. He clatters to the ground and is blinking, barely able to focus, and Adelie is going to attempt to banish this wraith once and for all. And let's ask the oracle and see how that turns out. I think given everything that's happened, I think it's likely that Adelie is going to be able to force it out. The guilt of what she's done to Lucius and Aurelia has hit her, and she's not only guilty, but angry that this thing made her hurt people that she cares about. So I think it's likely that she will be able to succeed. So 26 or greater. 22. She is not able to banish the wraith. The wraith floats above as Adelie's hands are raised and her eyes are closed in concentration. She's trying to force it back, and it's clear that the wraith is being pushed back and away from the room, but it is not going as quickly as Adelie wants it to, but it is resisting. And since it cannot re-inhabit Adelie, and Aurelia is, at this moment, a broken form. The wraith does the only thing left to it. It flies down to the form laying on the ground and is going to attempt to possess Lucius. Now, Lucius has no training in the arts of a paragon. He is not a paragon himself. But I think even with something like a possession of this manner, 
I don't think it's an automatic thing. He is going to have to resist this with face danger, and this is going to be plus heart because it is all about resolve. Can Lucius Tarquin hold on to the person that he is? Can Lucius remain himself and fend off the advances of this spirit? Plus heart on this face danger. Let's find out what happens. Three on the action die. An eight and a one on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So he successfully is able to withstand the mental assault of this wraith. But it's going to stress him out. So he's going to lose a spirit as it's psychically attacking his mind and trying to override the consciousness of his being. Lucius is able to resist, and I think partly because of his connection to Adelie, that like he is holding on for her. The wraith recoils from him, looks around, and then says, I will. Report this to my master. You will regret not yielding. And the wraith disappears through the same door that those last two bloodhawks retreated through. Elsewhere in the World Cedar facility, Lieutenant Mila and Dr. Petrov make their way down a long corridor. They are on a strange level that has a number of bays that seem to house some of the construction drones that uh, likely flew down and worked on whatever planet or thing that was being built in the bowels of this facility. These bays are full of inert construction bots that are just lying dormant. They've already explored a number of these bays and haven't found anything of interest. They're continuing their exploration as they are looking for a way up to rejoin the rest of their companions. Lieutenant Mila is in the lead, their rifle slung across their chest and their eyes scanning ahead for dangers. Behind them, Dr. Petrov is walking. He is scratching at his face and studying the scanner in his hands. He says... I think there might be something different up ahead. I'm, I'm reading some interesting fluctuations. Energy fluctuations. And Lieutenant Mila says, Alright, well, let's check it out. And they're going to make their way forward. They reach another door, smaller than the bay doors that open into the cargo bays that hold these drones. And when they reach this door... Dr. Petrov says, Yeah, there's, there's definitely something powered behind this. I'm 
Oh, this is weird. It might almost be life signatures. Lieutenant Mila, always cautious, always careful, raises their rifle and prepares to open the door. The door slides open and Lieutenant Mila moves into the room with the cool, calm professionalism of a well-trained and experienced soldier. They sweep the corners and ensure that there are no threats ready to strike at them. But their sweep of the room is brought short by the sight of a figure standing on the far side of this small room. There is a hanging bot that is partially pulled apart. Its innards spilled out around it, and some of them laying on tables on either side of this small room. But the figure is what draws Lieutenant Mila's eyes. The figure is tall, taller than the average human. And when this figure turns, Lieutenant Mila does not see human features looking at them. The features are angular and sharp. They are copper-skinned. And the figure says, So, you must be the new visitors to my station. Welcome to my facility. Now please, tell me, why have you come? Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures, and thanks so much to Sirenscape for the lovely ambient sounds and music throughout the episode. If you enjoyed the show, please tell anyone and everyone in your life about it. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really does help others find me. If you want to interact with me, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is at ErrantSolopod, or you can email me at ErrantSolopod at gmail.com. I also post short fiction and campaign-related materials on my website, ErrantAdventuresPod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.